This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Heim. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful that you are here today. Today, you're listening to episode 296, and I'm talking with Lauren Flores. Lauren is a returning guest on this show. She came on in December of 2017, right after she qualified for the Olympic trials. Since then, she's had another baby and ran in the Olympic trials this past year. She also launched her own podcast, the Up and Running Podcast with Lauren and Abby, and that is a show that I am super proud to have in the Sandy Boy Productions network. Sandy Boy Productions is a podcast network that I started in 2019, and along with this show, we have Lauren's show, the Up and Running Podcast, the Illuminate Podcast, and Why Is Everyone Yelling, which is the newest edition, a parenting podcast, and it's been really fun to evolve my friendship with Lauren to also a business partnership as well. I think it's so cool to have women coming together and supporting one another. And I will forever be grateful for people like Lauren in my life. I was hesitant to put out an episode today because of the state of our country and everything that happened on Wednesday at the Capitol. But I decided to go ahead and carry on with this episode and just wanted to note that I realize it's a heavy week and time for our country. The events that occurred were sad and unacceptable. And basically, I just want to give everybody listening a big hug if you're feeling overwhelmed with all that's happened. So big hugs from me. And today, I'm hoping that a lighthearted, casual episode might feel good for some listeners. I don't know. We talk super casually in this episode about life, goals for 2021, some family stuff, a little bit of running and dreams for our businesses. I'm also super honest about my struggles with my business over the last year. And we recap some of our favorite episodes from both my podcast, I'll Have Another, and Lauren's podcast, Up and Running. There's a lot of good book suggestions and things like that in this episode too. So I'm hoping that you guys enjoy the casual nature of two friends kind of catching up in this episode. One of the reasons I wanted to put this episode out with Lauren though is I want to let you all know that Lauren and I do record episodes like this every single month over on Patreon. For anybody who supports the show at any level, once a month at the beginning of the month, you get an episode similar to what you're hearing today. And then also once a month at the end of the month, so you get two full bonus episodes a month over on Patreon. I record an episode with my husband, Glenn, and you kind of get a little inside peek into our lives and our everyday conversations as well. And if you do sign up for Patreon, you get access to all of the previous content over there, which is a lot. I've been I've been doing Patreon for three years now, so there's a lot of uh, backloaded content over on Patreon. Lots of extended conversations with previous guests and boatloads of conversations with Glenn and Lauren. I recently sent out a survey to collect information about listeners, demographics for potential sponsors in this coming year, as well as to just get feedback for the podcast. 
You can find that in the show notes of this episode at lindsayhine.com. I would greatly appreciate it if anybody has a minute to fill that out. That is a huge help. But one of the things a couple people said was they didn't even know what Patreon was or how to use it. So Patreon is just a way that you can financially get behind my work behind this podcast. Most people support for as little as three or $5 a month. And the cool thing about Patreon is you can just copy and paste the feed on Patreon so that you get those episodes, those bonus episodes downloaded directly to your podcast app. So you don't have to listen through Patreon. You can actually listen through your podcast app. So I list the shows I support on Patreon. I listen through Apple podcasts. I will put the information on how to sign up for Patreon and how to also download your episodes so that it just comes directly to your podcast feed uh, in the show notes of this episode at lindsayhine.com. A big, big thank you to anybody who already supports the show on Patreon. It means the world to me. And it also means the world to me that you're here listening today on the regular feed as well. All right. I hope you enjoy this casual catch up with Lauren Flores. Well, today on the podcast, we have Lauren Flores on the show. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hey, Lindsay. I'm excited to be here. We're doing it for real today for the real feed. (laughs) Yep. I'm trying to think, Lauren. Oh, I know. I first had you on the show after the Olympic trials, after you qualified for the Olympic trials. Yep. Yeah. Right after CIM in 2017. So right around a year ago. Three years no, ago. Right four years, years. Is it four geez, years? Geez, three. Three, three. Right? Yeah, three yeah, years ago. 2017. Yes. And so much has happened in our relationship since then. We've, I know. We've moved far. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, Lauren and I do episodes on Patreon once a month, and we basically just have casual conversations. And I was thinking about the beginning of 2021 and like how I wanted to set the tone for the podcast and realized that I was really missing some of in my own life, like in my own heart, some of these casual conversations with friends on the show. And so I thought, well, why don't we do one of these on the regular podcast feed and also show everybody, hey, this is what we do on Patreon every single month for supporters over there. Yeah, I remember when you first started a lot of the guests were like people that I knew from Instagram or like had seen and bloggers. And it was those conversations were always fun to hear you basically talking with friends that you had met online. (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's so crazy. The evolution of the show. I, you know, it's like when I look back to 2016, when I decided to launch the podcast. Um, So I started like dreaming of this podcast probably the f- summer fall of 2015 which sounds so crazy to say now because it seems so long ago right so then uh when i launched in april you know i had a couple of connections like trying to book people that were professional runners but mostly in my head i was like if i'm going to produce a show every single week a lot of these conversations are going to be with people that i know through Instagram who also enjoy running. So that's kind of like how the show started off. And then as the years went on, I kind of got a little bit heavier, especially in 2020 on 
interviewing the professionals, but I've just been missing these interviews lately. So I, I think that we're going to be adding some more of them in uh, in 2021, which I, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, as a listener, I'm excited about that too, because I loved your conversation with Mary that you guys did a couple of weeks ago. And that one was funny because I know both of you. And so it was like eavesdropping in on a conversation that your friends are having without you. <laughs> oh, totally. I know. Well, you and Mary have come on Patreon too when you guys were yep. doing your breaking three project for the the all the women that broke were breaking three hours in the marathon what did you the sub three project right yep yep yeah at Indy. <laughs> yes I'm so sad we didn't have that this year next year there's always next year I'm hoping we'll be able to do it again you know we've toyed with the idea of doing it virtually or waiting till races are like happening in person and I think we've kind of fallen or decided on doing it in person when we can get that like full experience. Yeah. Um, and obviously Indy's going to be one of the first places we're reaching out to for that. Yeah. I mean, and you guys all have to come stay at my house again. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Another piece of Lauren and I's relationship that has moved forward since that first interview in 2017 is that she also launched a podcast and is part of the network that I launched last year. So Lauren is the co-host of the Up and Running podcast. And um, that's part of the network that I started. Was that summer 2019 I started that yep. the network? And mm-hmm. then Lauren reached out, said she was launching a show. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So now there are four shows in the Sandy Boy Productions network. This show, I'll have another. The Up and Running podcast the Illuminate podcast, and then the parenting podcast I just started called Why Is Everyone Yelling? And it's been really fun to kind of take our friendship to like a friendship slash working relationship as well. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And you have been a lot of help, like helping navigate the ropes of podcasting and just being able to bounce ideas or questions off of somebody else. Like, I don't know, even just questions like, should I leave this part in the episode? Should I cut this part <laughs> out? Like stuff like that. Um, it's been really, really nice to have you to to kind of help lead us and guide us in our podcasting journey. Well, isn't that so funny to think about the interviews like pre-edits, right? Because the listener, you listeners, you hear the final product, but what you don't hear is sometimes during interviews, as the interviewer, Lauren and I are sitting there thinking, as a guest is talking, like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to leave that in or not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, like, as a as a podcaster myself, when I listen to other interviews, sometimes I think about that when I hear interviews. I'm like, does it sound like that was cut and, like, they moved on to another topic really fast? I wonder what they said that got cut out. Oh, 100%, 100%. And it's funny because I've seen Henry be like that when we watch TV. Oh. Because um, he'll be like, oh, they cut in that other audio. Like that was a sound bite that they're showing like over it that was like recorded in the studio afterwards. That's not, even though they made it seem like they're talking live right there. Um, and so, because he's in the film and TV editing industry. And so like now with podcasting, you do, I do notice like stuff like that. Um, like, oh, that seems, that sounds like what it sounds like if I'm like trimming audio. So uh-huh. they must have snip something out of there. <laughs> I would love to sit down and watch an episode of The Bachelor with Henry. 
Oh, he is really, <laughs> really funny to watch that with. Um, we had successfully broken up with The Bachelor. Uh-huh. And then Abby moved in with us over the summer. So we were dragged along, kicking and screaming to watch this season. And it was horrible. I it, did yeah. not like this season. It was so bad. <laughs> well, okay. So just we're just going to add this little Bachelor piece in here real quick. And we'll move on for any non-Bachelor <laughs> listeners. But... I will say I did not enjoy Claire's part of the season at all. I don't see how the two of them are going to stay together, but I really loved Tasha. I like totally miss when The Bachelor was like, I don't know, when you felt like they actually had a relationship with each other. Like, I feel like I've tried to pinpoint it because I did used to like The Bachelor and I think it was Desiree's season was the last Mm. good season. And then like when social media got bigger, then it just like all went to heck. Right. Because everybody's on the show just because they want to become like a social media influencer. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm big into the podcast and they do recaps on their Patreon and I love their recaps. And one of the things I love about them is they always as guys or girls or males or females, whenever uh, the show like someone exits the show, they get kicked off or whatever. They always calculate what their Instagram followers were when they started the show and what they were when they left and like measure their success on the show based on that, which is hilarious. That's hilarious. I know I saw a lot of memes about like of Dale and you know, it's him like either looking sad or bummed or whatever. Uh And the caption is like, when you went on the bachelorette just to get Instagram famous, but now you have to get married. (laughs) That's so good. Well, and he's only like 30 and she's 39 and he's legit like a model. I just, I don't know. I I mean, I'm rooting for you, Claire, but I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just didn't like the way she like conducted herself after she, I don't know, decided that that's how she was going to go. I was like, can you at least like play along, play the game? Like, even if you have a favorite, you don't have to be a jerk to everybody else. Well, the other thing, like you said, with social media is like, The problem is, is that you get your list of people that are going to come on the show if you're the bachelorette or the bachelor and you stalk their social media, you obviously you're going to end up like favoring someone beforehand because you've like done all the digging to to really know who they like, know who they show that they are on social media. Yeah. So, I mean, of course she's going to like Dale. Who wouldn't? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyway, friends, don't worry. We won't continue on The Bachelor. But if you are (laughs) if you are a fan, hey, you can hear stuff like that over on Patreon. So it's great. Um, All right. I thought, Lauren, what would be fun would be to talk a little bit about like our goals for 21 and our visions. I mean, I think it's like super hot especially on the social medias right now to um, kind of be like, I don't do resolutions, you know, like I feel like every year you kind of see people doing that, like, oh, it's, you know, it's just another day. But I personally like the fresh slate. And oh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the same with like anytime a new month rolls around. I'm like, okay, or Monday, even even though Monday can feel stressful. I feel like it's like, okay, a fresh start. Yeah. And I, I look at it more as like, kind of like to do's right like I'm I 
I'm not good at, great at this, but I try to start the week writing like, okay, these are the, like the big things I need to get done this week. So even when it gets to Friday and I'm like, what the heck did I do all yeah. week? I can like look back and be like, okay, well, like I did these three big things that were the main things I wanted to accomplish. So like I did do something. Um, and so my resolutions are never like, okay, do this more, do this less. It's like, okay, what things do I want to accomplish or like check off a, a to-do list over the course of the year? Yeah. So you said that you picked a word of the year. Yeah. So I have been doing this for maybe like five years. And I think the first time I did it, I just like kind of picked a word that sounded good. But since then, I've kind of started setting my goals first. So I have like different categories like running, personal, family, financial, and work and like set my goals. And then I try to look at like a through line um, to come up with my word. So my word of the year for this year is cultivate. It's funny because 2020, my word was focus. Okay. And I really wanted to focus on like paring down and like narrowing in on certain areas. I'm like, well, my life and world got real narrow, real <laughs> in 2020. Um, and so I do feel like I accomplished. Good job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I accomplished like the, that, what I was hoping to in 2020 from that perspective, like I really pared down. And then this year is a year of like growth. So I, that's the word I was thinking at first was growth. But then on a list, I like, you know, look up a list of words and Mm -hmm. just like, see what speaks to me with the theme of my goals. And I saw cultivate and I love that that sounds more intentional. Like, it's not like, oh, I just want to grow cultivate. I just envision like a farmer and you have to put in hard work to Mm -hmm. like cultivate crops. And so the things I want to do are going to be hard and are going to take work they're not just gonna happen Mm -hmm. um and I also love this like the imagery of having to like weed and prune your crops for them to flourish because there's definitely certain things that I have like need to or want to like start weeding out so like my time spent on social media or Mm -hmm. like like anxiety, like I have never been a super anxious person, but like 2020, my anxiety has for sure been higher. So like things like that. Um, so I just thought that c- cultivate really encapsulated what I w- want to get out of this year. Okay, so I'm curious. Mm-hmm. When you said your word last year, what was it? You were talking about paring down. Focus. Focus. Okay. Yeah. And then I was like joking around because you're like, yeah, with 2020, like everything got really small. <laughs> but I'm curious, like when you went into that pandemic aside, what were you wanting to pare down? I think like saying yes to a lot of things Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. not being saying yes to things without thinking about it first. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I, I really wanted to like have a rhythm to our days since I was home with both of the girls and I wanted to be like more focused on, certain areas. Um, and I felt like I was saying yes, like, oh, do you want to do this on this day? Yes. Do you want to do this on this day? Yes. But then that didn't without asking like, or telling my friends or myself even, okay, well, like, let's look at the calendar. And like, is that a day that I have set aside for that? Or Mm. is, is that a time that actually works? Um, I would just 
be a little bit more scattered. Um, and like, I wanted to be focused more on work because for the first like year that Marigold was, had, was born my first year postpartum with her, I felt like it was like, okay, my goal is the Olympic trials and I'm just kind of like treading water <laughs> in like lots of other areas. And I wanted to like focus on work and just other other areas rather than that. I wanted to go hard in and work, coaching, podcasting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that like when you're talking about this and you're talking about like the different areas of focus, I think that's one of those it's one of those things that I talk about a lot is balance. And mm-hmm. there's this like controversial topic that people say <laughs> like balance is BS. And I say, well, I think you can like attain it in some way, shape or form. It just means giving up different area, different things that you are used to doing. Like if I want to put my head down and work my butt off to get, why is everyone yelling the parenting podcast off the ground? That means I can't watch an hour of TV after my kids go to bed at night. That's just can't be something I do. And for the past year, that's kind of been my like, outlet, you know, like, uh, yeah. the, you know, and so I've thought about that a lot recently. Cause I'm like, I can give that up and focus on yeah. that, you know? So I think that it's all about like shifting and moving things around during different periods of time throughout the year. And you can't just have it all, all the time. Yeah. And I think a good kind of illustration of that is like our nutrition isn't like a day-to-day thing. Like you're nutrition doesn't have to be perfect exactly balanced every day Mm. but if you like eat all the nutrients and the macronutrients and the micronutrients that you need over like a week or two week period like you're still balanced even though it's not to the t every day um so i like that idea of balance that it's like over a longer term and not every part every day of my week or every month of my year looks exactly the same in balance Oh, yeah. I love that analogy. That's awesome. Um, With Cultivate, it's funny you say that because I'm writing in a journal right now, like looking at my notes for what we're going to talk about and just kind of like doodling as we talk. And Uh the journal is the Cultivate What Matters Intentional Goal Planner by Laura Laura Casey. Do you know it? No, but I think I have to get it. I think it's okay. So it's too bad I've like taken notes all over it for podcast prepping and things like that because I used this journal for like two days and realized it was way too much work for me. Uh-huh. Um, it Because I bought it for the year of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's wonderful. Like if you're the type of person that wants to put the work in to do the planning and do the goal planning and all that, it's perfect for you. But I would sit down and dig into it and just get totally overwhelmed. But I have Mm -hmm. loved the word cultivate since I found, uh, Lara Casey. She's got, um, if anybody hasn't followed her, she's got a really good Instagram and, um, business model and everything. But yeah. And, and one of the things that one of the quotes on her journal that I love, I'm going to read really quick says, you know, all those things you've always wanted to do. You should go do them. Oh, isn't that I sweet? That. I love that. Yeah. I don't know if that's a direct quote from her, but she's got it all over her stuff. And I think that's really good. So go do those things you want to do, everybody. Okay. So 2021, what 
are you cultivating? Yeah, so there's a lot of areas. I should have brought my notebook over here. <laughs> I thought I'd be <laughs> sitting in my bed, but my I'm in my closet to block out the children noise. Mm -hmm. Um basically like the goals that I've set in the different categories, like some of the top ones are I want to run another OTQ. Um that's kind of dependent on where they set the standard. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to PR in the 5K again this spring um, with our finances. We took the leap and we opened a stock portfolio. We feel like real life adults. Um, so we want to work on that uh, with our family. Like we're just going to be home still yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, we are both obviously working from home and our girls aren't in school or daycare or anything. And I was like, finally starting to get to the point where I was like, maybe they can go back to school or daycare preschool. And then I've heard like three stories of families who have all gotten COVID from, mm -hmm. and the factor was their kid in preschool. I was like, no. Um, mm. So backing off of that, especially here in Southern California. But so we just want to like cultivate a family schedule because we've mm -hmm. had like various rhythms throughout the day at different points during quarantine but we really fell off in the fall like Henry and I would stay up late and then we'd be sleeping in kind of late and our days were just like all discombobulated and didn't make sense um so we want to cultivate like a family system of like a, a calendar and a rhythm for our time while we're home and that'll obviously maybe change week to week or as we feel it's not working, um, but we're excited about that. We're on day two of having like a block schedule. And I think it's definitely at least helped me feel better and less stressed and like upset at different points of the day where are, that are like the pain points. Mm -hmm. um, and what are the other areas? Oh, personally, I want to read some books because you know me. I'm not ever, I have never been like a super big reader. I'm on a mission to get you to read books and listen to music. <laughs> Lindsay, I read so many more books in 2020 than I have in years oh, past. Nice. It, was like, it was like five. <laughs> well, hey, that's awesome. So I'm like trying to celebrate the progress there. What was um, your favorite one that you read? Oh, goodness. I liked Running For My Life was really good. And then I also did like um, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Those are probably, I mean, those two both made me cry. And I love a book that makes me cry. Running so. For My Life, Lopez Lamong, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Both recommended by you, Lindsay. So oh, you, nice. are do, you are doing your job. Oh, yay. Well, I am a book lover. And when I, I was trying to be like Lauren, because Lauren is dominating Instagram, she's just really engaging and thoughtful over there. And I was trying to take some notes from her. So I did one of those. Um, well, I asked people what they wanted to see. And then I did the ask me anything, ask me a question yeah. thing, which I had a lot of fun with, but it was super time consuming to answer. Oh because yes. then I was like, I didn't want to just give like a plain boring answer. I was like, oh, then it right. made me think of like other stories and things that <laughs> got popped up. So like someone asks me, one thing and it leads to like five different explanations. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, one of the things someone said was they love to see the books I'm reading. So I'm going to be sure to share more of that over on Instagram. Yeah. What have you read recently? I'm looking for recommendations. I got lots of good um, historical fiction recommendations from Instagram uh, <sighs> yesterday. So I know you're more like 
maybe memoirs, self-helpy kind of stuff? Well, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. And let me let me look really quick. Hold on just a second. Let me look on my Goodreads. Are you on Goodreads? I think I do have an account. I'm not super active on it, but I do. I have like looked up, you know, like, oh, these are my favorite books. What's similar? I kind of like took a little break from self-help because I was feeling overwhelmed by them. Like (laughs) you're all telling me the same thing. And like, I get it. I need to get up early and meditate and read and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, so I would highly recommend if you haven't read any of the Taylor Jenkins read books. So Daisy Jones and the Six, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Those are both so good. So if anybody listening hasn't read those, they're just really fun, easy reads. Um, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett was probably my favorite book of the year. Is that what uh, genre is that? Is that like a thriller? Okay. I just tweeted this and everybody was telling me how I need to think of it. So wait, fiction is fact. No, fiction is fate. Fiction versus nonfiction. Fact or fiction. So nonfiction is true and fiction is fake. Well, my second grader was explaining this to me yesterday (laughs) when I mentioned that my kindergartner was learning it and I could never remember. And he said, just remember fake means fiction. But then I'm like, wait, they both start with F. Fact and fake both start with F. We used to play this game growing up uh, as a family where one of like the que- one of the types of questions that you could be asked was fact or fiction. And we always changed it to true or false because it was too confusing for yes. some members of the family. <laughs> so it's a fiction book. It's okay. A fiction book. But I, I first heard of her uh, in February at the Donna Marathon weekend. Glenn and I just went to this like cozy little bookstore and... I picked up her book called The Mothers, which was recommended by Jamie Golden on the podcast. And so when I saw she had a new book coming out, I was like, I have to read that. And I liked both The Mothers and The Vanishing Half, but I would say The Vanishing Half was my book of the year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but check out, yeah, Britt Bennett and Taylor Jenkins Reid if you're looking for just like escape books. Like, let me go into the world of whatever they're writing about. Yeah, those are those are my favorite types of books for sure. Um, okay. So those are the things you're cultivating. I interrupted you though. So did you have anywhere else you were going with that? I was trying to think of what my other categories were. Basically, I feel like this year, like 2020, like tore down a lot. And I think a lot of people talk right about getting back to normal or getting back to like pre-pandemic life, but we're not like, I don't think we can go backwards. Right. I think it's going to be a new normal and so I think it's important to think about what we want our new normal to look like Mm -hmm. um and just you know working on the relationships that are important to me I think the pandemic has changed um some of my relationships or and like put a thrown a wrench into other really important ones uh that need so those are going to need some repair and cultivation um and just thinking about like I'm sure this is true of a lot of people. This The pandemic has made us think of like, where do we want to live? Like, what do we want our family life to look like when it's possible to go back to the mm-hmm. office and all that kind of stuff? And so um, one of our family goals is to potentially move. Um, we don't know if that means like move 
in California, like closer to where Henry works, because we love having him home. So if he's going to go back to the office, like, do we want to move closer to the office, even though I've always said I don't want to live in LA, um, is the trade-off of him not having an hour and a half commute each way worth the handoff, the trade-off to have him home more? Or is it feasible for him to continue working from home, like long-term? And can we like go somewhere like Colorado or whatever? Um, so that's one of our like family goals and just, you know, thinking about what, what we want our life to look like after COVID is out of the picture and like where we want it to be kind of a thing. Yeah. I think about that a lot because for the first time, you know, Glenn is, my husband is working from home as well. He's been home since last March. So it's, we're coming up on a year um, and the boys have been virtual. We were not virtual for about six weeks in the fall, um, but we're supposed to go back January 18th. But like, we, you know, we don't know if we actually will. And I've just been like, if they're going to be virtual the whole year, like, can we rent our house and like just go somewhere else for six months? We don't have to move permanently. Um, and we don't want to sell our house because we just read, read at our kitchen and everything, right. you know, like, and we do love our neighborhood. Um, but I'm thinking, I know this is so cliche, but like YOLO, it's like, <laughs> get, like there's nothing keeping us here to right. go do that. I mean, assuming maybe we could rent the house out, you know, so that it could be an affordable thing to do. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. And honestly, like the older I get, the more I'm just like, man, we're doing this one time. I, right. if, if I have a itch to go do something I want to go do it like go like Laura Casey said go do all those things you want to do yeah I for a while there I was pretty far down the path of convincing Henry to go to Amsterdam for a year starting this summer um but then like COVID was like so low their rates were so low I was like look we can go the girls would be able to be in school full time uh blah 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 and he was like on board and then I, I was I had asked him I was like is this only election driven or is this like actually are you interested he's like no I'm actually interested it has nothing to do with the election and then like mid-November came he's like yeah yeah no I don't want to do that I was like, <laughs> what Henry you tricked me um but Colorado I think seems more manageable because he can keep his job and obviously that's a good thing to take into account especially since his industry is like a little different and not available anywhere or everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, we have a promising lead on a house in Denver that in my sister's neighborhood that they're looking for renters for like June and July. Oh, so nice. they can go to new England for two months to be near family. Um, and so in that case, like we would not do anything to our house and would you just rent I, I didn't even house? know you could like lo- lo- short term rent out your house. Um, oh, heck but if yeah. you could find people that would might be interested, like Henry's parents are right down the road, so they could do some drive-bys and double check. Um, but they, the people who posted on like a Facebook group my sister's in, uh, they have like two daughters. They would be willing to let us bring our dogs. Uh, so we either want to do that for like, you know, short-term stay or go for like a year um, or to try it out and see if maybe work-wise it can work for us to stay there. I think we're just, yeah, feeling a little wanderlust and wondering what it would be like to live somewhere, not California. You know, well, I'll just come. Well, the Heinz will come rent your house. We'll come live in Southern California for six months. There you go. I get into that with 
Glenn a lot because I am, I think, an Enneagram 7. And I just like, oh, we're going to do something exciting. We're going to do something different. We're going to go do something that's, you know, like fun. We we can move next week. Let's do it. <laughs> and Glenn is an Enneagram 5. And he's mm-hmm. just very logical and just doesn't think he does he's not a dreamer which isn't a bad thing he's just a very content human being which is a really really great way to live but i'm a dreamer so anything that gets brought up i'm like let's do it (laughs) if he was like i found a house and i think we can make this work where we rent our house out for a year and we just buy this house in florida and then we rent it out after we live there for a year and move back home. I'd be like, yep, let's do it. I wouldn't ask <laughs> questions. I would be like, I trust you. You can figure all this out. And so, um, yeah, it oftentimes, um, it oftentimes makes me, I have to calm myself down. Like yesterday we were lifting in, in the back garage gym and he said something about like, I wouldn't mind going somewhere for a year, but I don't, you know, I don't want to like sell the house because of the kitchen and everything and just, I, I like Indiana long term and I'm like, don't plant that seed in my head. Don't you dare let me go there if it's not a possibility because <laughs> I will dream of the beach or the mountains or whatever it is all day long and think it's going to happen. Yes. I feel like on the Enneagram, <laughs> it's so common for couples to be total opposites. It is. And I, I like watched over the shoulder, Henry's shoulder once when he was taking the test. And as he was answering the questions, I was like, not even surprised, but like that's a that's a, an answer somebody could give. Like <laughs> literally blew my mind that anybody could answer those the questions that way. That's why I had got I got so excited at first though about the concept or idea of moving doing the Amsterdam thing because he brought it up first. Yes. And and then I got mad later when he pulled the rug out and he was like what like why are you mad I'm like because like you brought it up you know that I'm all for it so if you are saying it's a possibility I'm like I'm thinking it's a a big possibility because you don't just say stuff off the cuff like I do (laughs) oh that's exactly how I feel about Glenn and if you all listening don't know the Enneagram just look it up we don't have time to explain it right now no it's so so good it's so good yeah yeah Um, real quick though what are what are you and Henry so I'm a three wing two. Um, I do feel like I have some of like the tendencies you were just talking about as a seven yeah. to be like, oh, we're doing something cool and new, but I also love my routine. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. Um, but then he's a nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't taken the Enneagram, just go do it. Just go yeah. do it. And then you'll know what we're talking about. It's a good one because just real quick, I, what I like about it compared to other like personality tests is it also focuses on like the things that are hard for you or that you're like, like your flaws, mm-hmm. I guess. And yes, it also talks about like how you can improve them versus I think other personality tests talk about your strengths mm-hmm. or what you're good at and stuff. And I think the Enneagram stakes strikes a good balance. If you live with another human, both yeah. take some sort of personality test because it really just does help you understand each other. When I was in college, I lived with seven girls senior year. We all took like, we were into personality tests at the time. I think we had to take them for some classes, but it really helped me like understand my roommates and like not get annoyed. Like, wow, look at you being proactive as a young child. 
<laughs> we, I, I think it just like happened like by, by happenstance. Like one, a couple of us had to do it for a class and then we were all talking about it and they took it too. And it was just, yeah, it helped to not be like, wow, that person is so annoying. You're yeah. Just like, oh, that's their whatever. I mean, INFJ-ness coming out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think about that. I mean, because I'm super social and, you know, when someone walks up or we're walking by a neighbor or someone comes to our house in times that people came to people's houses, <laughs> um, I'm like, hey, how are you? And I'm like almost like overly excited to see people where Glenn's just kind of like, hey, what's up? Or yeah. sometimes if a family member like my sister or brother-in-law walks in, I've, I've like talked to him. I'm like, hey, when someone walks in the house, can you make sure you just make sure you say hello? And I always thought it was him being rude. And as I've been married to him for a long time, I just realized it's like just more his nature not to be like super outgoing right. when he greets someone. But also one more last Enneagram thing. We did back in the day on Illuminate, we interviewed Ian Morgan Cron, who is like the Enneagram expert. Ooh. And yeah, I forget what episode it is. It might be like episode nine. It's one of the very early ones. And he kind of breaks down each number. And one thing I like is that they talk about the fact that, yes, you are like you gravitate towards a certain number, but there's a little bit of each number in you. Mm -hmm. You kind of just like find where you feel um, most fits your personality or whatever. So I, I like that you're not like boxing yourself in like, I'm just a seven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's like those lines between all the different ones, right? So it's like, if I'm an unhealthy three or whatever, I can work on these areas and I move kind of closer to, I don't know, whatever numbers. Um, yeah. But can I just tell a funny story that illustrates the differences between I don't even know if it's our Enneagram type or if it's just me and Henry. Um, but yes. as, a, as parents of small children, we spell things a lot, right? Yes. In our house so that kids don't understand. And for the past couple months, this has become a pain point because Henry never like is understanding me or getting it. And so I'm like, are you not listening to me? Are you like checking out when I'm trying to tell you this thing and he can't understand what I'm spelling? And then he was like last night, he came up with a perfect example. He's like, when you're spelling things, it's like these letters are flying at me and they're in the air above <laughs> my head. And I'm like trying to catch the letters and this one flies by, but then I missed that one because I was trying to catch that one. And I was like, what? That's how your brain works. Because when you spell things to me, I'm like grabbing the letter, putting it on the left, grabbing the next letter, <laughs> putting it right next to it. And we were just dying laughing over the realization of like, what it was like for each of us when the other one is spelling something. Well, just wait till all your kids can spell and then you, have to, oh. you need a new system. Oh, I know. We live already knows ice cream. If we spell, oh. if we start saying I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M, she's like ice cream. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank a sponsor for this podcast. And that is Gooder. Gooder is where I get my sunglasses for any sort of outdoor activity that I'm doing, running, biking, playing with my kids. And also I just wear them every day on the go. My all-time favorite sunglass with Gooder is the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me. They are an aviator style. I wear them to run but can also wear them on the go and just living my everyday life. So if you're looking for a very affordable, very durable and attractive 
sunglass, check out Gooder. They also have some really fun, spunky colors and styles if that's what you're going for. I personally, when I'm racing, I like to race in fun, loud sunglasses because it makes me feel like I'm having a good time. So you can be casual and basic with Gooder, or you can be fun and crazy and wild with Gooder. Uh, check them out. You can save 15%. It's a great gift to send to a friend too. I always say it's a great price point for just a little throw in the mail. I'm thinking of you gift to a special friend in your life. So go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another and you'll get 15% off your order over there. All right. Thank you. Gooder for supporting this podcast. Thank you listeners for supporting sponsors of this show. Let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Lauren. I wanted to talk about some of our favorite interviews of the year. Yeah. Oh, wait. My word oh. My word last year was commit. Okay. For 2020. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I don't have a do word you, for Do you have one yet? No, I don't. I don't. Do you feel, I know like one of your big goals was to do like more live interviews <laughs> and stuff, but other than that one, how did you do with your other goals that you had set or with the word? So I feel, okay. So obviously the pandemic in 2020 affected everybody in some way, oh, shape yeah. or form. And I'm super fortunate that nobody in my family has been sick or anything like that, but I feel like I just had, and, and this is, I saying this is not saying, oh, poor me. I'm, everybody probably feels this way, but if you're feeling this way, I feel you. <laughs> um, I just feel like I had to re reevaluate everything because in 2019, when I started Sandy Boy Productions, I was like, I want to get this off the ground. I'm going to like kind of ease into it, right? Bring on a couple of shows. Um, I, I really wanted to start doing more live shows, which that was happening. And then I had a bunch booked in 2020 that got canceled mm -hmm. and I just felt like I had to reevaluate what my vision for, uh, my podcast and like the career of it is like temporarily right. at least. And then virtual school happened and I, to just today I was thinking about this. It's like, man, there's only so much you can do in one day. And when my kids are doing virtual school, even though I can get a little bit done here and there, it's like I'm just constantly being pulled from work. And I feel like I don't have yeah. any uninterrupted time to, to, to focus on anything. So I kind of just decided sometime in 2020, like you're just going to keep this these things rolling. I really wanted to launch that why is everyone yelling podcast, the parenting podcast? So I launched that, but I'm kind of just like rolling everything forward in motion and not setting any like high and mighty goals right now. Like high, yeah. high in the sky goals. I'm just kind of like, it's like with my running too right now. I'm just being content with where we are and I want to try to do the best that I can do, but I'm not like, I want to do this, this and this. Yeah. And I just, I can't. Right. I just feel like I can't. And so um, just rolling this show forward and trying to make it the best it can be and um, adding that, adding why is everyone yelling has been a huge uh, workload, you know, an additional show. And so 
I don't know. It's like you can't plan 2021 because we don't know really what it's going to look like. So I'm trying to find this like healthy mix of being content with where things are. Um, but I am wanting that fire back a little bit. That mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to put the fire out because there was nothing to do with the fire, you know? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. And I think, well, okay. I, as Henry is a nine, he hates having conversations about goals and visions because like Glenn, he doesn't have goals or visions. He <laughs> just goes with the flow. Um, live a life. At the, at the beginning of the year and usually around my birthday, I force him to talk about goals and plans with me. And so on Saturday night, we're like working on our puzzle, talking about 2021. Oh, and that's I, like a dream for me. <laughs> I would love to do that. Make him do it. And you do most of the talking. Just make Glenn sit there and say yes or no. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think one of the things I told Henry was exactly what you were just saying. I was like, I feel like most of my frustrations throughout the day come from trying to do work stuff or because I'm trying to, you know, like dream of new things Mm -hmm. and like work on things that are like not necessary, but what I would like to get done. So then it's putting this pressure on like, I have less time to do the things, the absolute bare minimum things. So then I'm just frustrated when people are being crazy or like my time gets cut short because I'm not, I need to focus better or prioritize better, like focus and prioritize the things that need to get done first, Yeah, do those and have, yeah. So I feel exactly the same way though. But then I feel like that always leaves me with, for instance, I have this vision in my head of what I want my guest list to look like for the first few months of the year. But I keep, what I keep doing is being like, well, I got to get this episode edited. I got to get the show notes done. Then I got to prep for this interview. Then I got to get all this done. I got to get these coaching things out. And then I'm going to do that. (sighs) And then it's like, well, where's the window for that? Right. You know? So I. There's hard parts about both. Yeah. Because the fun stuff to me feels like that, that picking out guests and like. Yeah. Um, designing what that picture is going to look like. But then I feel like that's play and it's right. not actual work and I have to get the actual work done. Yep. And then, you know, feed all my children and, yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing, like keeping those yeah. people alive. <laughs> yeah. Finding the balance has for sure been hard this year just of like, okay, how do I keep my sanity while also like getting the minimum done, but then also doing the stuff like you said, that's fun slash play and makes makes it worth the other stuff you have to do, I guess. Yeah. And and if anybody's interested in like talking more about the parenting side of this, you, you got to go check out Why Is Everyone Yelling? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a similar interview style podcast, like I'll Have Another, but we're talking about the parenthood stuff. I mean, there's no answer to doing this perfectly well I mean I every day I'm like what the heck how is this happening like I thought I had x y and z under control and this is still happening like ah uh, it's so hard and balancing balancing there's that word again work <laughs> and kids or not work and and being a stay-at-home mom or parent is so so hard regardless so all of those conversations are on that podcast and I just really encourage listeners, if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, being a part of a kid's life, go check that out. 
Yeah, it's so good. I just listened to the one with Katie Arnold this morning, and I really appreciated that conversation that you guys had about sports and kids. Yeah, I love Katie. Katie Arnold, she, um, you know, she's the 2018 Leadville champion, and she was on I'll Have Another when her book Running Home came out, and she kind of did the podcast circuit over there. But I remember when I had her on I'll Have Another, we, you know, the intention was to talk about her book and she needed to promote her book. And I remember really wanted to ask her questions about raising adventurous kids. Um, she has a column in Outside Magazine all about raising adventurous kids called Raising Rippers. And I knew that couldn't be the focus of the interview, A, because I knew that my listeners and I'll have another didn't want to hear an entire podcast about raising adventurous kids, but also it was about her book. So as soon as I launched the parenting podcast, I was like, I got a book, Katie Arnold. So we, we did an episode on raising adventurous kids, but then we also did a follow-up episode that I put out today actually on kids and sports and cultivating and like cultivating, there's that word and nurturing a love for sport and play, not just competition. Yeah, I really like that. And I think as a coach, I've thought about this topic before um, because I just think I coached high school for a little while. And I think it's important for parents to know, right, that specializing early isn't necessarily mm-hmm. the best for kids' like mental health or even like their sports performance. Um, but I liked you guys' conversation because it was more coming at it from like the parent perspective of like, what do you want for your kids? And also like what's best for your family? Well, I just really love everything Katie has to say about all that because, well, first of all, Katie is a obviously very amazing runner herself. And just the fact that she really prioritizes her kids doing like outdoor activities and not just organized sports, balancing that. the She described it as having a healthy ratio. That makes sense to me. Instead of having your kid doing like sports year round, season after season after season after season. Balance that out with a season where like we're going to focus on learning how to mountain bike or something like yeah. that. You know? Yeah. And at the point where you were talking about Marshall and him being super into soccer and you not you know, wanting to force him to not do soccer when it's available. Um, I like wanted to jump in and be like, well, if like in the winter or the summer, like if you guys are playing or if you guys are just playing other sports at home, whenever that matters and that gets to count towards it, they don't need to be doing it in an organized. Yeah. It's just like, you want to be switching up like their movement patterns, you know, that's from a physical and injury perspective, like that's more what matters. Yeah. Like um, we have a basketball hoop in our backyard. Like go shoot, yeah. go play basketball yeah, together exactly. as a family. You don't have to be on a team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Let's do Lauren. Our, um, I was going to do my, I, I went through my list from 2020 to 20 of all the episodes on the show. And I was going to share what my four top interviews were. Yeah. In my mind. I don't think I have four, but I can share some of mine as well. Okay. Well, I was thinking about this when we talked about it before. Did you pick four for up and running or for all have another? I did up and running. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Which is a much smaller pool to pick from. <laughs> I know because up and running friends that they do news-based episodes with Lauren and Abby, but they occasionally bring on interviews as well. So yeah. Okay. So for me, this is funny. I feel like I'm like, here are my favorite shows on my podcast. <laughs> um, 
I here's here's when I went through my list, these are the four that I picked. Tiana Bartoletta, Lopez Lamong, the Dez Fun Friday episode, and then the NAZ Elite, the women before the trials. Yep. I liked all of those. I especially liked the Tiana Bartoletta episode. I feel like I learned a lot about her mm-hmm. on that one. And she was just so informative on different topics that I feel like um, a lot of people might not have known because I th- feel like a lot of your listeners, right, are like marathoners or mm-hmm. adult like, Distance. runners like that. So hers was really cool. Um, and it was just fun as a friend and somebody who knows like the behind the scenes to see you finally nail the Lopez, mm-hmm. like nail him down and get the interview. I begged him. <laughs> Emma begged him. I mean, this was like two years in the making. I have tried to get him on my podcast for so long. <laughs> I'll be equally as excited if I ever book Allison Felix. Oh, yes. That would be so awesome. I mean, she's been like number one on my list since I launched the show. And obviously, like, I'm not a sprinter. I don't know a lot about sprinting, but I've just always wanted to have her on. Um, And then the NAZ episode, I think why that feels so meaningful to me is, well, Alephine went on and won the race, right? And it was so cool to have sat in the room with that team and kind of just like observe how they were interacting with each other. And I mean, she was just so calm. Yeah. And not that everybody else wasn't calm, but like she specifically, I just, she was just, everything about her just seemed so peaceful and calm. And then um, I, I pulled this line out after she won from the, the race, from the interview, I pulled this line out about, I should, I'm going to play it. I'll play it in the um, episode here. But thanks to running, it was if it wasn't for running, I probably would be, you know, in a village, uh, in my village right now, probably with eight children and, you know, struggling to make ends meet, not knowing how I'm going to feed my children. But running has taken me so far that I, I never even thought that I would be able to um, to be where I am today, and uh, it was just running and education. And so, for those little girls in my village, I just want to tell them that their dreams are valid. You know, if it doesn't matter what your parents say, it doesn't matter if your family is very very poor, but if you have a dream and if you can um, follow through with that dream and just work really really hard. You can be whatever you want to be. Um, I mean, look at us today. We are. Uh, look at me today. I'm in the biggest stage that I ever imagined. I, I don't even think I actually imagined to be in a stage like where I am right now, the stage that I'm going to race in this weekend. And now with social media, you know, a lot of people from my village are able to follow what I am doing. And they just think that I, I have a really cool life, which I do. But, I mean, I don't know if they understand how hard I have had to work, how many sacrifices I've had to make. I haven't seen my family for the last 10 plus years, I've only seen my family twice. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder why I do this, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to do this to inspire my family and to infi- inspire this generation of girls in my village so that when I do go back, hoping that I can make this team, then I can go back and say, look, I am an Olympian. I went to college. I made it through high school, actually, uh, without getting pregnant. I made it through college and now I went to the Olympics. And so you can do running and you can also go to school. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just get passionate about it. But yeah, 
I think my message to those girls is your dreams are valid. Don't put any limitations on yourself. It was emotional to to experience that. And also just, man, my son being at that race and seeing me interview her and then watching him getting to experience watching her win, like just everything about it. It's like I'd say that that is one of the coolest moments um, of my career, just like being able to spectate that. Yeah, that is so that's so cool that you got that opportunity ahead of time and then got to see it play out the next day. Yeah, it was cool. Um, And I'm glad I trusted my gut too that weekend because with the trials, there was like so much going on that weekend, right? And there was opportunity to like put on live shows or do whatever. But I felt like I felt pressure that I needed to do something, but I also felt in my heart that I wanted to kind of like step back and not be like, trying to put on anything any big production and Mm -hmm. I have a I have a good relationship with the NAZ team like I've interviewed a lot of their their um, teammates and I just was like why don't I just try to do something like small and private with just them and get it out right before the race so um, I think that's one of those things in in my career too that I'm like when you feel something in your gut just go with it yeah, and I think those are the hardest business decisions to make are the ones of exclusion. Like when you're deciding not to do something versus like deciding to go for something and try it. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I could do like some show at the expo or like, I don't know. I just felt like I could I could do a, do something like there's so much happening. Like there's so many people at this event, but it just felt that felt overwhelming to me. And this yeah. felt like simpler. And it felt, yeah, for sure. Right. And I really wanted to take Marshall with me and that really made the most sense with him. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, and obviously like the Des interview was just super fun, right? Oh, Des is always fun. That's what I was saying. Like thinking when I was watching the marathon project, I was like, she is just so funny and I love listening to her just talk and riff and I kind of hope she gets into broadcasting when her career's over because oh, yeah. she did a really good job. I just... I loved so much when she said her mom's favorite marathon runner was Sarah Hall. I know. <laughs> so good. Okay. What were your favorites on your right. sh- on up and running? Yeah. So like Lindsay was saying, we are on our show. It's like me and Abby and we talk about the news and uh, of in the running world. And so we have, we do interviews every once in a while. Um, we call them our catching up with episodes. And some of my favorite ones of those are from, were from this year. We had Emily Lapari on right after she had won, ran the world standard in the 5K indoors. And that was really fun. And I think what I liked about my interview with her was that it was very like casual talking to a friend. It was she was so approachable and bubbly I loved just learning more about her and her life and we talked about more than just running and training which was really fun we did do that training for the trial series Mm -hmm. which was 10 episodes chatting with people who were running the Olympic trials five men and five women those were all I don't know highlights from the year for sure and I was like looking back through our most downloaded episodes of the year and those were far and away the most uh, listened to episodes. Not surprising since they were at the beginning of the year, but I think also 
those people right. are really interested in those. Yeah. Um, other than that, or of those ones, I did really like our ones with um, Emma Cortez. That one was really fun. I love um, her. She's so good. Yeah, she is so sweet. Um, and then we also had Kevin Havel on. And what I liked about them is, again, they're like lesser known, and but their stories are so interesting. Um, I just really liked those two. I thought they also both had really good things to share that listeners could glean from, like glean information from as um, runners too. And then outside of the training for the trials, I loved my um, chat with Craig Engels. He is just so funny. He Uh like cracking up the whole time. Um, So that one was really good. And he kept telling me I was asking good questions, which (laughs) that always (laughs) feels good when somebody that always feels good when a guest says that. I know it's always like, oh, okay, cool. Cause like they get interviewed all the time. So if it's like, if they're saying that, you're like, oh, that makes me feel good. Did he say that oh. during the interview though? Cause I always heard that when people say good question, that's them thinking of an answer. He said it during, and then he said it like after, like, after. wow, you, you asked a lot of, like you, I was not prepared for those questions. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I uh, love it. At one yeah. point I think he was like, what are you a shrink? <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Uh, I was like, sorry, I'm just, we're going beyond the running here. Does Gotta that get into your mentality? Yeah, I am. a pro- Just call me Oprah. Okay. <laughs> does that though, like seeing the downloads like that, does that make you want to do more episodes like that? Um, sometimes yes, but I also think that it, those, those ones were specifically because it was tied to the Olympic trials. Sure. Where everything, but it was so excited for. Yeah. And again, the fact that People have had 10 more months to listen to those than yeah, yeah, yeah. ones that just came out. Of course. Um, and then my last favorite episode was we did a roundtable conversation um, about diversity and running. And we had five different athletes on that ran in the trials that were runners of color. And that was just really an interesting conversation to get a group of people together and hear their experiences. Um, so I really liked that one as well. Yeah, I love that episode. I thought you guys did a really good job with it. I was happy with how it came out, just the logistics of having six people on a phone call. Totally. And then for it to be like, I just thought it was really impactful beyond that part working. And it it did flow. I mean, that it's challenging to have two people on an interview, let alone five. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) For sure. So I, I asked this in my Facebook group. And I asked everybody, top three running moments of 2020. And I thought about all of them. And I, you know, thinking back on this conversation, now I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe it was Alephine at the trials. But honestly, do you know what I rewatched more than anything? It was Sarah Hall's kick at London. Oh, yeah. So I feel like that's going to be my answer for like, your top yeah just like moment that I was most enamored by Mm -hmm. just seeing that performance and that just that kick was insane and I mean obviously then she went on to run the marathon project and um just smash that PR she had just set and in a very ballsy way go after the American record but I I can't that's the replay I keep seeing is her 
her finishing and, and finishing in second at London. What, what would top the charts for you? Oh gosh. I, I w- want to say something from the Olympic trials, but I kind of lost out on the, you know, watching it live aspect. Like I knew what happened watching back the footage, but you were um, like running the race and all <laughs> <laughs> gutting so it out on I that course. Do, I do love those pictures. I love the pictures of Alphine hugging Steph and Kellen. Oh, that's a great picture imagining the emotions right that they're all going through like I I almost get teary because they look so excited and happy for her but you have to know also like it's a moment of heartbreak for them yet they're showing up for her and her pure joy when she's crossing the finish line her and Molly celebrating together after and then like all three of them on the podium um Alephine Molly and Sally so I just love those pictures um but like watching live watching something the video that's playing in my mind is um martin and noah sprinting that last like half mile of the marathon project and like screaming at the computer and yelling to emma benner who was i was watching over zoom with and my sister being like i don't even know who i want to win <laughs> do so good like that would be so cool if noah like one and a kick finished but also like I'm really getting nervous that Marty Marty's gonna get caught so like that moment just as a memory is so exciting and I think I was just so happy for both of them that day because they both oh it was just such an exciting performance for both of those guys yeah it and it's so interesting thinking about the marathon project because that group of men that stayed they stayed packed up for so long and you just looked at the group and thought it it could be any one of you. Like there's so many guys like Scott Fobble, Scott Smith. There's so many guys in that group that could have been the one to win. Yeah. A hundred percent. That was really cool to see them all running together. I was so happy for Marty, but I think my happiness for Noah might've been even more just because I knew like how much long time coming this was for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he's from Indiana. So yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I think back to uh, sitting on the bus next to Marty at the trials was so, like, just such a weird serendipitous moment. Um, Like, that's how I met him and ended up wanting to get him on the podcast after the trials because we were taking the bus from our hotel to Coca-Cola for, like, one of the athlete dinners. And I had Marigold with me because Henry was flying in that day and she, you know, can't be too far away from the boobs even still. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) I'm like, when will you wean, child? Um, So I'm sitting there with her in the carrier and nobody is sitting next to me. Everybody is, like, going and sitting with other people and filling up the bus not wanting to sit next to the lady with the baby Uh Um, and he's just like hey can I sit here I was like sure and I remember we were just like chatting he was chatting about his daughter how he's going to school blah 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 and then I see saw him in the hotel lobby the next day after the race or two days later after the race I'm like how'd you do he's like I came in six I was like wait what (laughs) so you had no idea on the bus that he was like that for lack of a better term, legit. Well, most of the people that were that legit were not going to this athlete. Sure, sure, (laughs) sure, sure. Oh, my gosh. I love that story. Yeah. 
he was like, my my wife's also pregnant. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Like, well, okay, I wasn't pregnant, but yeah, he was like, my wife's pregnant. And so we were talking about like kids and babies and whatever, not, you know, how he was about to go almost make the Olympic team. <laughs> I mean, that makes me like him so much more that he like rode the bus with like the more everyday elites to go yeah. to the dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, is that an okay way to say that? Are you offended by how I said that? Oh, not at all. Okay. I love, I, I do prefer Sarah Mac Robinson's term of a faux pro. Faux pro. <laughs> That's so good. I remember, I think he coined that like in 2015 or 2016, but I loved that um, rather than like sub elite or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What did I, what did I call every, I said everyday elite. Oh, That's totally nicer than sub elite, right? Yeah. <laughs> faux pro. Okay. Got it. Oh, Marty. Big fan of Marty. Um, Okay, Lauren, let's do a quick this or that. Glenn and I did this on our most recent Patreon episode, and I thought it ended up being fun. It was like kind of last minute, and I had fun with it. Um, Can I ask a clarifying question before we start? Yeah. What's the difference between this or that or would you rather? I think it's the same. same? Okay, okay. And these, these, mine are not going to be exciting for anybody that's on Patreon because these are the questions I asked Glenn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've already heard these, Lord. Um, you have to run a 5K race or a one-mile race all out once a month for the rest of your life. Which do you choose? And you can't do any other races. Like, this is your race, and you do you have to do it once a month. No breaks. Oh. Uh, 5k just cause I'm better at it. <laughs> See, that's what Glenn said. 5k. Well, I, th- I feel like there's less margin for improvement in a, in a mile <laughs> or it's just not my strength. <laughs> I mean, but to me, I'm like, even though the pain is more severe for like three minutes of that mile, it's so short. Yes. Yeah. But if I can't run any more, the 5K is my favorite. Sure. <laughs> you get a little more satisfaction out of yeah. that. Okay. I was going to say, until you said you can't run any other races, I was going to say the mile and then I can, you know, pace out or space out my 5Ks how I want them. But if I can only do one or the other, I'll do the 5K. Well, when I did that Instagram question thing, um, Bridget, who is a Patreon supporter, asked me this question. She says, you race one race for the rest of your life and only one. What is it? And I'm assuming I'm thinking maybe she heard it for, like thought of it through that question. And mm-hmm. I said in the past, I would have said the marathon. But now and I, kn- I know this is like your least favorite distance because it's so <laughs> long, but also so you have to run it so fast is the half marathon. But I think I, I for that not once per month, but like if that's, I enter one race a year or something for the rest of my life, I think I go half marathon because I, you get so much satisfaction out of that finish. Like it's a big, long, hearty distance to run, but it's like to have a base and to be in shape for that pretty much all the time. Maybe not like peak racing shape where you're running like for you, like a one sixteen or something. Um, it's just so much more manageable time-wise than the marathon. Yeah, for so, sure. I go half marathon for that. What do you go for that? 5K also. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay. You ha- Oh, I added, I added a new one. You have to dance or sing into a microphone on national TV. 
Oh, Lindsay. What? Which do you do? Neither. You have to do one. You're like on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie. Do I get to pick my song? Sure. I'll sing. Sure. Oh, see, I said da- I say dance. I have no moves. I have no moves. I'm not I great. I also have but... no voice, but. I definitely go dance. Or I just sing and like it's just funny because it's so bad. Yeah. I think funny singing can be funnier than funny dancing. I don't know. Because you could like play into it a little bit where with the dancing if you just kind of end up standing there and and dancing silly it's cringier I don't know (laughs) okay I have a running one okay go all right would you rather or if you had to choose between never running with a GPS watch ever or you can only run with your GPS watch which would you do well I feel like I only ever run with my GPS watch (laughs) so I think I go with that Nice. What about you? I would say never run with a GPS watch. Uh, too often I either can't find it or it's not charged <laughs> or whatever. And if I couldn't go for a run when I wanted to go for a run, but my watch wasn't ready, that would bug me. <laughs> but what do you do about, do you, are you, are you active on Strava? Uh, this is the great debate, Lindsay. I'm on Strava and I... I have told myself that I either right now need to decide if I'm all in on Strava for the year and I'm actually going to do it and record it, everything I do on there, or if I'm just going to be done with it and delete it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like half and half. Um, and that doesn't serve me or anybody. So I don't know. See, I, I mostly do Strava. I like quit Strava every time I'm pregnant and then I, I get back on because it does. I do find when I do want to run harder I do get motivated by Strava. Like I I like being able to put like a fast run on there. It feels good to me. So um, I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> um, I, I am motivated by it. Now, that being said, I haven't run fast in a very long time. Um, but, you know, like when I was doing those rambling runner races in the spring and stuff like that, like, and then I did the ASICs. Ekiden and I did like five miles relatively hard I was like it felt good to put a fast time up and yeah so I'm I'm pro Strava yeah I I like the idea of Strava but I don't I don't want to like show part of the picture right yeah I, I want to show like the whole picture I think that's the most helpful to others that's the most like honest and whatever and I'm I don't like um omit things from Strava <laughs> to like on purpose but a lot of sometimes yeah I don't run with my watch or I run on the treadmill and I don't like think to put it on Strava or whatever and I don't I don't know I feel like at some points in 2020 like when we were doing those races and we had to be on Strava to do them yeah I was like well maybe I'll get into Strava and then I just found that like if I hit a light and I had to stop or if I had to go to the bathroom, like I'd be like, oh, people are going to see oh, that yeah. stopped or whatever. Like, are they going to say something nasty or think something nasty or whatever? Um, anyway, it like kind of put me in a bad mood. <laughs> so um, that's like more so I want to like be, I want, if people want to look at my training, I want them to see the whole picture. And if I'm going to look at my year in sport at the end of the year, I want it to be accurate. <laughs> well, I want to know how many miles I actually ran, right? Well, right. And See, this is always the debate here. I 
I do stop my watch at stoplights or like if I go to the bathroom or if I want to like stop and talk to a neighbor on my way in or I need to tie my shoe and Glenn never stops his watch and I'm like that's fine but like I don't like if I'm running like 830 pace like I just don't want it to say 10 minute pace for me like I I just want to see what I was actually running and he's like well he says that Strava adjusts your moving time but I don't know if that's right or not. Uh, they do show your moving time, but I think it still shows like your overall pace, which would be like 11 minutes a mile sometimes <laughs> if I'm like really, you know, like yesterday I ran five miles and I probably stopped like four times for different random reasons. Like I wanted to rebraid my hair. I like wanted to change the podcast I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And like, I just stopped my watch every single time, whereas he wouldn't stop his watch and it doesn't matter but that's that's the flow that I do. And um, then we get back and he's always like point two ahead of me. And he's like, that's because you kept stopping your watch and the GPS took a minute to pick back up. <laughs> so I don't understand people who don't pause their watch. <laughs> yeah, it's just part of him trying to be too cool. That's what it is. <laughs> I could like trip and fall on a trail and as I'm falling to the ground, I'm pausing my watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Do you have any more of this or that? Yes, I have a food one. Okay. All right. This doesn't apply to me. Um, so, Lindsay, if you had to stop being a vegetarian, Ooh. for whatever reason, you cannot be a vegetarian anymore, would you rather become an omnivore or a vegan? Um, that's a really good question, <laughs> man. Cause I cook vegan a lot. I use. I have seen you make. I think I saw you make that like v- dairyless. Yeah. Cheese <laughs> yeah, I use the Oshi Glows cookbook. I would say like three nights a week we eat vegan. Um. But I do, I do, I I put milk in my coffee and creamer in my coffee and like get lattes with, I always just get regular milk. And then, um, I also eat a decent amount of cheese. Cheese is life. I, I, I don't know. think they can be vegan. I think I would go vegan though. I, you know what I thought you were going to ask me? I <laughs> thought you were going to ask me if you had to, if you like had to start eating meat, what do you eat? Ooh. Which, this is kind of a funny answer. I feel like I would eat bacon, <laughs> which is like I the dirtiest of all meat. <laughs> okay, you would? Oh, 100%. Well, because I feel like a lot of people who lean towards vegetarianism but aren't vegetarians, they're like, well, I just eat chicken or I just eat salmon or whatever. And like they eliminate red meat. But I'm like, I just eat the bacon. <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I think I've heard a couple of vegetarians say like the only thing I miss is bacon. (laughs) It's true. Like if someone's cooking bacon or I see like a crispy uh, strip of bacon, I'm like, man, that smells really good. But then I just remind myself that it's a dead animal and it like I I talk myself out of it. Like I'm like, no, Lindsay, like that you you're grossed out by that. But man, it is like I remember what bacon tastes like. It's delicious. (laughs) It is so good. <laughs> it's so good. And we, so, so my answer was gonna, it's either bacon or I would just eat like a really good like fish, like really good salmon or something like that. It's either like the dirtiest of dirty butt bacon or really nice salmon. 
<laughs> I like I like those answers to that. Salmon. I feel like the problem with salmon is that's the only meat you're going to eat. It's hard to cook at home. Like I sometimes I nail it and sometimes it's super dry. It's yeah. hard to do right. <laughs> when we before we became vegetarian. So for everyone listening, if you don't know, I grew up I was a vegetarian for most of my childhood until I was 18. My mom's a vegetarian. So it was just the two of us that were vegetarians. My sisters and my dad eat meat. But anyway, so when I turned 18, went off to college, I decided, listen, I ate a turkey sandwich at Blimpy and I decided to start eating meat again at Blimpy's. What a meal to turn change your mind. <laughs> so anyway, um, about seven or eight years ago, Glenn was like, I think I want to go vegetarian. And I was just all in because I was never really a big meat eater anyway. And the only things we really ever ate at home was sometimes we would eat chicken and sometimes we would eat salmon. Um, and then like if I went out to dinner, maybe I would get bacon, you know, bacon um, on a sandwich or something. But anyway, that's the story there. All right. So Lauren has told me over and over again that she's not super into music. If if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift like everybody else on the planet. And um she told you told me well let me plug this. I went on Mimi's podcast, Mimi and Bridget, they have a podcast called Runners of the Bay. And I went on there with a couple other people, Jonathan from For the Long Run podcast and Jordan, who I didn't know before we did the podcast. Kutzler, I think is his last name. Anyway, we did a whole podcast all about Taylor Swift. <laughs> so if you want to listen to that, go check out Runners of the Bay podcast. Um, but yes, anyway. You should. I have a little plug semi or just a little fun connection. They reached out to me to see who edits our podcast. And now our editor, JB, is editing their podcast. So you should listen and support them and his work there too and I'm the only person still editing my own podcast <laughs> literally nobody else edits their podcast but me and I just can't give it up I edit for content I just he like makes it sound nice yeah yeah I could definitely send that over to someone to do that um yeah I can't give up the editing the conversation part so you no, still edit no. your conversation yeah oh, okay yeah I, I actually I'm getting to a place which is really awesome that I, I think I could hand that over to Emma. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally ready to, to give it up. But the really cool thing is that Emma, who is my assistant here, she has been doing most of the interviews on the Illuminate podcast. And she edits all of her episodes over there. So she's been learning and doing a really good job. So and she's been a listener of this show for so long that she knows like what the flow is, you know, normally sounds like. So, yeah. And she listens to every single episode and like puts out like sound clips and stuff like that. Like she knows this show more than anybody other than me, probably. So, um, you know, <laughs> four years and maybe maybe Emma will start editing at some point. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, their show is great. And I had a lot of fun doing that. But so my question to you, Lauren, you said you didn't even know Taylor had a new album out. You only knew because you heard me say something about this. You said something like that on Instagram. Yep. So now that you've listened. I said I listened to some. I listened to, I think, the first two songs. <laughs> on Evermore or Folklore? The most recent one. Okay, Evermore. Because my question was going to be, 
do you like folklore ever more and more? But have you ever listened to folklore? No. Lauren. The only reason I listened to the those songs I did was because we always tease Henry because he always plays. He'll say, hey, Google, play. Sorry if anybody has a Google. Hey, Google, play Colors by, by, by Black Puma. And so we always tease him. And so one day he just goes, hey, Google, play Taylor Swift's new album. (laughs) And we made it through two songs before my girls were like, I don't want to listen to this. So my question is, what is the background sound of your house? Because I literally always have music on. Either Henry puts something on, uh, right? He goes through phases where he'll just play the same like Spotify playlist. So right now it's, yeah, Puma's by colors by black puma and that's that and i don't then, even know what that is i've never heard of that you you i think you would like it okay um, he also was on let me look up who it was that he was on a kick over the summer um but if there's if he doesn't put on music i am usually listening to um a podcast oh yeah on sure. my headphones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I don't know why. It's like I have to set the tone of the day with some background music. I have to work with background music. I definitely have to cook dinner with background music and I will not even consider cleaning the house without it. So so whenever you yeah. say you don't you're not like super into it, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I I like music and I like having it as background. Oh, another one that we liked is uh Pink Martini Radio, I think. I don't know if that's Spotify or um, what was Pandora, but that's a good playlist. It's like Frenchy. You feel like you're in like a French cafe. It's good for like, I don't know if you have like a dinner party again in, in times when you're having dinner parties. In 2022. Um, yeah. But I like when he- when Henry chooses the music because it's less lyrical. Like if mm. I was to put on music, it'd be lyrical sure. and I cannot tune stuff out or half listen like my mind will be consumed with like singing along to stuff totally (laughs) I know I I never think of it that way putting on something just instrumental but when I go to someone's house and they're playing that kind of music it does always feel relaxing and calm yeah Mm mm-hmm uh all right Lauren so I always end the show with questions that we've already answered like you and I both answered all the end of the podcast questions but I said to Glenn, my answer right now to what is your one message to send to the world is to go watch Ted Lasso. (laughs) If you have not watched that show, go drop everything and go do it because it, it made me laugh. It made me cry in all of the best ways. Like I, it was what I needed in 2020 and I don't know why I waited so long to watch it so that's my message to the world do you have anything great well first of all I need to listen to or watch Ted Lasso the limiting factor is getting Apple TV or whatever getting over the hurdle of like doing that but I think we could it's bingeable right like I think oh yeah very do bingeable. the free trial, binge it, cancel it. Yeah, because yeah. the episodes are only 30 minutes and there's only like eight of them. So yeah, yeah. and you'll want to watch like two episodes in a night probably. I mean, the only reason I watched it is because Glenn set up Apple TV for, TV for me, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I need Henry to get on that. Um, well, I don't know if you follow, this is the weirdest Instagram handle name, but her n- handle is King Gutter Baby. Yes. She, her name is Laurel and she is... 
an infectious disease researcher. She's worked on COVID. Her Instagram has blown up in 2020, which was so crazy to watch. Like I started following her when she had like 30,000 followers. Now she has like 200,000 followers. Um, But anyway, great follow if you're looking for information, but she always signs up, signs off with wash your hands, wear a mask and be excellent to each other. Mm. And I think that is a really good message as we enter 2021, it's like we still need to be doing those things. But you guys, we're on it's on the horizon. Normal life is coming. And I love be excellent to each other. Yes. I'm going to start I saying that to my kids. To Pantsuit Politics, where they sign off with have the best day available to you. I ah. think that's also great to like just think about, okay, not like have a great day or have a good day, like have the best day you can. I love that. You know, I need to give that show another shot. It's, I like it. Yeah. Um, the, they were also interviewed on the Illuminate podcast back in the day. Ooh. The Pantsuit Politics ladies. I did not know that. I'll yeah. have to go catch that one. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, <laughs> all right, friends. So if this was fun for you, Lauren and I do this for usually about an hour um, every month on Patreon, once a month. And um, if it wasn't fun for you, then I'm sorry. We'll have a regular interview episode next week. <laughs> oh yeah well thank you for doing this lauren i appreciate it so much yeah thanks for having me on the regular feed as well yeah we will uh we will see you next time on patreon though yep thanks everybody hey friends thanks for being here today thank you lauren that was fun as usual don't forget more conversations like this with lauren every single month over on patreon you can find that when you go to patreon.com slash Those episodes will go directly to your podcast app. You just have to copy the feed and paste it into your podcast app. It's super simple. Information, directions on how to do that is all in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. Don't forget to check out Gooder, gooder.com slash another. Use the code another for 15% off your order. Friends, I'm grateful for you and just super thankful you're here and listening to the show Send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com or my assistant, Emma, emma at sandyboyproductions.com. If there's someone you're really wanting to hear on this podcast, we would love to hear from you and get that feedback. Don't forget, we have a survey for the podcast. We are hoping friends of the show will fill out. You can find that at lindsayhine.com in the show notes. If you aren't already listening to Lauren's podcast, the Up and Running podcast, make sure you give it a listen and check it out. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. We'd love to have you join us there. All right, friends. We will see you next week with a regular episode of the podcast. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend, and we will see you next Friday.